הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שבירנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש ומשבר ארצמה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נמנחן ובמקר חוכמה רבנו נחמן ונפייגי בן שמחה. נח נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם, today we're going to do סעיף כ"א וסעיף כ"ב of שפחי רן בסן 21-22 of the praises of רבי נחמן written by רבי נתן himself We're going to speak about three different things today, about Rabban was breaking for uh, his desire for eating, about um, Rabban was, uh, what do you call it, breaking of his desire for anger, and also the humility he attained. We're going to talk about those three things. So starting with Chav Aleph, 21. And with regard to the desire for eating, Rabban had a tremendous war, a great war. He had to exert tremendous effort before he broke this desire. And we're thinking, what does it mean to break your desire for eating? You have to live, you have to eat. Look what we're talking about here. Rabenu one time, uh, one time Fega, Rabenu's mother, came to Rabenu after she heard that Rabenu was fasting. And she came to her son and told her son, she said, uh, she said, Nachman, why is it that I hear you're fasting? I don't want you suffer, making your body suffer. And uh, Rabbeinu responded basically by saying that, Ima, I don't, it's not only me that I, don't, I broke my desire for eating, but my students attain a, have attained a wisdom that they don't even need to eat anymore. They can sustain themselves completely off that wisdom. To show you the level and the degree that if the students of Rabbeinu already attained the wisdom, a chokhmah that exists, that Rabbeinu speaks about this in multiple places, in Chayim Moran, Tzichotaran, We're going to explain this later, God willing, in the, in, later in the podcast. Not this one, but God willing, later in the series of Sichot uh, Aran. And in Chaim Oran, and Nikut Moran, this idea that there's a wisdom that exists, that you can sustain yourself completely without needing food. As it says, Wisdom brings life to its owner. And we see here Rabbeinu engage in this, uh, in this inyan of breaking his desire for eating. Completely, we're going to see to what degree even. That Rabbeinu as a young child wanted to see the Avot as his brother. He wanted to see the forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And he was talking to the Bar Shem Tov. And he was telling the Bar Shem Tov that he wanted to see the Avot. And the Bar Shem Tov said, you cannot see the Avot unless you break the desire for eating. And Rabbeinu was saying, I'll break my desire for eating if I see the Avot. And the Bar Shem Tov said, no, it has to be the exact opposite way. So Rabbeinu engaged on this, embarked on this task to break the desire for eating until he broke his desire for eating. And... Um, And uh, saw the Avot, as it's brought down a very deep idea in the word Esev. Um, as it's brought down in the Zohar Kadosh, that Esev, which means literally shrubs or grasses, it's uh, brought down in the Ve'aya portion of the Shema Yisrael. We see this idea, Esev is Av Shin. Av is Ayin Bet, the 72, the 72 letter name of Hashem. And Shin represents the three, uh, the th- Uh, Shin represents the letter Shin but Shin has three heads which represent the three Avot and this idea that a person has to break the Bahamut within himself the animalistic behavior within himself which is the food and if he wants to see the three Avot it's very deep stuff uh, I'm not explaining it completely but this is the small idea because in the beginning in the beginning Rabbeinu didn't pay attention at all to break this desire for eating as we said above he first decided to break the desire the sexual desire He didn't even focus on eating. He put all his desires into eating, actually. 
Only afterward did Rabenu want to break this desire and it was very difficult and heavy upon him. And it was so very difficult, this breaking of the desire for eating, until it seemed to Rabenu that all the desires he would be able to break except for this one. And it seemed to Rabenu that it was obligated, it was forced that he would need to stick with his desire for eating, meaning that it's impossible to break it completely. Because it's impossible to break it. This is what Rabenu told himself as a child. This was so strong. The desire overpowered Rabenu so much that it tried convincing Rabenu that he could not break it. Rabenu reinforced himself. He gave himself courage. And he subdued his yetara. His evil inclination. And he broke this desire for eating completely. And Rabbeinu's awesome holiness and his separation from this desire for food and for taste and for eating was famous to everyone's eyes. It was known to everyone. Because Rabbeinu didn't eat at all and even the little that he did eat, he would, be, he would need to be forced to, to eat it. Rabenu literally had to hire his attendant, Rab Shimon, to remind him for his meals. Rabenu was so disgusted by food and what would come out of food, basically, that it turned into waste. Rabenu said, how can I even want something like this? Rabenu didn't eat. Let alone we saw as a kid that he was fasting from Shabbat to Shabbat. Rabenu got to the point where he wasn't eating at all. Until he had to hire someone, his, his own attendant, to remind him that he needed to eat his meals. Small meals, very small. And Rabbeinu needed to force himself with the utmost courage to even eat the smallest amount so that he should have just enough life to, to live. And he said, Rabbeinu said in the beginning, he began to break his desire for eating. How did this start? He said that he would Rabban would force himself, accustom himself to eat a little bit less than what he was accustomed to eating. This is the way it started. This is the way he started breaking his desire. Let's say he ate a plate of food, he would make it a plate minus this piece, this vegetable. And Rabban became accustomed to that plate, that new plate, which was smaller than the original. When he became accustomed to eating less than beforehand, Rabbeinu saw that he still had desire within that still small plate that he that was that he was in that was that he was eating. Sorry. Even though it was smaller than beforehand, Rabbeinu still saw that he was still full of desires for eating. And Rabbeinu then again began to break his desire and to eat less than what he had initially what less than. The new plate which he had arranged. And afterwards, Rabbeinu saw that even the smaller portion which he accustomed for himself, which he measured for himself to eat every single day, was still full of desire, and therefore he made it even less. And the same is true, it happened over again, till he saw that he still had desire in that small plate and made it even smaller. And in this way, Rabbeinu accustomed himself to eat less and less and less until it became con- constricted to the point where there was the smallest amount of food on his plate that it's impossible to describe how much he ate. And afterwards, Rabbeinu settled himself that even though his eating was still very small, Rabbeinu told himself 
and decided that even though his eating was still very minimal, Rabbeinu said that still, he nonetheless still has desire in the little that he eats. Rabbeinu overpowered this desire, and he broke this desire with this little bit even. Destroyed the desire for eating entirely. And Rabbeinu left the desire for eating completely. And he entered the utmost holiness, the highest point of holiness. Till Rabbeinu got to the level where he had no desire at all whatsoever. And because of this, basically, because of the fact that he separated himself so much from eating, he wasn't able to eat anymore at all. When Rabenu was go, slowly start, starting to minimize his meals and got to the point where he would literally not eat at all and broke his desire, because of this, he wouldn't be able to eat anymore. And it seems, Rabbi Natan saying, it seems that the way Rabenu said this, that only afterwards was Rabenu able to eat, um, did Rabenu have the strength to eat in holiness without any desire at all. That at the beginning, Rabenu separated himself completely from the food. And because of this, he didn't have the strength to eat, but only afterwards did he attain the strength to even eat. And Rabenu said that he used to eat with complete holiness without any desire at all. Even if Rabenu ate a lot, but in the beginning, in the beginning, Rabenu was not able to eat because of the fact that he made it habit for him, for himself, to eat the smallest and smallest amount. So even a small amount, Rabenu became very opposed to eating because he became so... It was like the smallest amount of food to literally survive. One time, Rabbi Natan was, was in a motel with, or an inn with one of his friends. And uh, he was traveling on the road. And uh, he stopped at the inn. And in the inn, the Jews served them uh, chicken soup for dinner. And uh, Rabbi Natan was eating the soup. And he was putting the spoon towards his mouth. And right before he put it in his mouth, he put the spoon back down. And then after he put the spoon back down, he grabbed a little bit more liquid in the spoon and put it towards his mouth and then again didn't put the spoon in his mouth. He put it back down in the soup and he kept doing this a few times until the friend who was talking to him said, Rabbi Natan, what are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? And Rabbi Natan responded by saying that I'm debating whether this spoon is enough or whether, um, whether whatever I ate was enough or whether this spoon is excess. Meaning that whether I need this spoon to survive or not. That's what Rabbi Natan told him. Do I need this spoon to survive or not? Or is it ta'avat akhila? To show you the degree in which Rabbeinu attained that he instilled in all the students that even just a spoonful of soup, of water, a person should question whether, whether he should eat or drink. It's a, it's a tremendous level we're talking about here. The students of Rabbeinu, all the more so Rabbeinu himself, was completely separated from the world. They were all separated from the world. Nothing was for the desires of this world. So Rabbeinu had to be forced to eat. Only later did he give himself the strength to eat. And whatever he did eat later um, was in complete holiness for no desire at all. Even if he ate a lot. And Rabbeinu said that afterwards, when Rabbeinu was traveling by sea on the way to Eretz Yisrael, Rabbeinu saw that he had no vitality from any single thing. 
He couldn't bring himself vitality or life force. So at that point, Rabbeinu decided that he needed to force himself to eat a little bit because he had no vitality. And from then point, from that point on and further, he accustomed himself to eat a little bit. But beforehand, Rabbeinu didn't even accustom himself to eat even the small amount of food that he decided after traveling to Israel. Or after that boat ride on the way to Eretz because the truth is also afterwards, after he was on the sea, the food that he was eating was very, very minimal. And what he ate previously was much, much less. But he saw that it wasn't enough to sustain him in the sense of uh, vitality and it was affecting his Abu So he said, I need to eat just a little bit more. But it was with no desire whatsoever. And with regard to Rabenu's journey to the land of Israel, there's a lot to tell about the great afflictions and the awesome sufferings Rabenu had, the difficulties he had to go through on the way there and as he returned back. And the awesome effort and the soul sacrifice and the tremendous amount of obstacles that he had before he murdered to enter the land of Israel. And we'll explain a little bit of this in a special section further on with the help of Hashem Yitbarach. A little piece, but not, a, not everything. Because it's impossible to describe everything that happened. That is a little bit of Rabenu's journey in breaking the desire for food. May we follow his footsteps and truly uh, sustain ourselves with food only in the a uh, way to really Bezrat Hashem eat in complete holiness and not for our desires at all. Rabbi Natan says a great way to do this is literally to chew the food without putting it next to your tongue, without the, the palate. Or to chew uh, like uh, food on the, like the beginning part of the teeth without uh, your tongue so that you don't taste anything. And with this, you slowly start to break it. Rabbi Natan says this is a very good piece of advice. Se'iv Chavbet and with regard to the breaking of all the other evil traits that Rabbeinu wanted to break, Rabbeinu had an outstanding, outstanding holiness that was so outstanding it's impossible to describe. And we'll discuss another evil trait that Rabbeinu broke, the trait of anger, that we'll speak a little bit about how Rabbeinu broke his desire for anger. As Rabbeinu said, Rabbeinu at the beginning when he started up, he was very, very, he was a very, very naturally angry person. And afterwards, when Rabenu decided, and afterwards, that because Rabenu wanted to be a truly upright person the way Hashem wants him to be, he began to break this desire of anger. Until he merited to break the desire of anger. But what, to what degree? Rabenu wanted to go to the ultimate degree, to the highest degree of breaking this desire. From one extreme to the next, from complete anger to complete kindness. Rabenu did this by what? Completely turning to complete good. He transformed everything into complete goodness. That Rabbeinu did not care whatsoever upon anything. Rabbeinu was only good without any anger whatsoever. At all in the world. Rabbeinu had no annoyance. He was not annoyed by anything. And this Rabbeinu merited only through the land of Israel. Over there Rabbeinu merited in Eretz Yisrael. That he nullified completely. The anger 
to the highest ultimate degree of nullification. Rabbeinu nullified his anger completely to the point where you could have anything, anyone do anything to them and he would still not be angry. He would not hold a grudge to anyone. This is the uniqueness of Rabbeinu. It's, it's said about Rabbeinu that Rabbeinu had a big chidush. One of the things nobody understands that uh, Rabbeinu used to have multiple flies come on his face and everything but he used to not touch it. He used to have hundreds of flies at a time on his body and stuff like that and he used to not care. As he knew this was a, a way of the Satan to bother him and he was completely uncaring at all. Flies on his face, no, nothing. Clue. Didn't care, didn't show any any anger whatsoever. And Rabbeinu merited to become completely good, literally good, without anything bad in him. He had no anger whatsoever at all. Not this, the the slightest trace of anger at all within him. Until to the point where Rabbeinu got to the level where even if someone did the worst things to him, the most evil things to him in the world, he had in his heart no hate or anger on him at all. On the contrary, Rabbeinu would love him. Rabbeinu would not put his heart against this person at all. Rabbeinu was entirely good, literally. He had not one bad bone, one not bad... Not one bad drop of blood within his body. And Rabbeinu's awesome, tremendous, and outstanding um, holy traits was known to everyone, to all those who, who met him. Rabbeinu was entirely good without any sign of anger or annoyance at all. He was only good. And this he only merited because of the land of Israel. And Rabbeinu, it's brought down in the books of Rabbeinu, a lesson on this subject. Go to Likute Moran, lesson 155, about this idea. That specifically through the land of Israel, that a person merits this aspect, what we call slow to anger. That Rabbeinu merited specifically this slowness to anger, which is one of the traits of Hashem's Ba'at, that he's slow to anger. One of the 13 midot ha'chamim, the 13 traits of Hashem's compassion. And it says about Hashem that he's slow to anger. Rabbeinu said that he merited this through Eretz and he brings it to on this in lesson 155 of Likud Moran. That slow to anger is the opposite of um, being anger, being full of anger and having charon af, this fierce... Um, Anger. Rabbeinu said that Eretz Yisrael is in a, gives you the ability to completely, completely nullify anger and attain complete uh, patience. And it's for this reason specifically that in Eretz Yisrael a person is able to attain complete patience, the most, the utmost patience in the world. This is why Rabbeinu desired Eretz, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu desired Eretz Yisrael so much. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to enter the land of Israel so much. Rabbeinu says it's specifically for this midah that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to attain. Moshe Ketuva that says in the verse by by Maher Moshe by Yikod Arza. It says in Shemot chapter thirty-four verse eight that Moshe hurried and he bowed to the ground. Page one eleven a. What did it say? What did Moshe see? That it says over there that Moshe Rabbeinu saw slowness to anger. He saw patience. And this is why he was running towards the land to bow down to it. And Rabbeinu took pride within himself with regard to humility to the highest degree. Rabbeinu said that he had the highest level of humility. 
And even though this sounds contradictory, we'll understand why it isn't. said, and this is the proof. There's not one person who merits true humility. Unless a person gets to the level in which he's able to say about himself that he's humble. Rabbeinu says this is the highest humility. When a person is able to say about himself that he is the utmost humble. That he is the, has the utmost humility. That Moshe Rabbeinu says about himself, upon him be peace. That he writes about himself. That Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to write in the Torah about himself. And Moshe agrees. And what did Moshe write in the Torah? And the man Moshe was the most humble of all the people upon the face of the earth. That we see Moshe Rabbeinu wrote about himself that he was the most humble. And this is what is the highest humility that you can say about yourself, you're the most humble because you actually receive no pride whatsoever. In the last page of the Gemara Sota, page 49b, Shamar Rav Yosef, that Rav Yosef responds when it says in the Gemara that after Rabbi Yodanasi passed away, it says in the Gemara that after Rabbi Yodanasi passed away, two traits left the world fear of sin and humility. And Rav Yosef comes out and says, Do not teach that humility ceased to exist, the Ikana, for I am still here. So everyone has a question on this. How can Rabbi Yosef say such a thing? It sounds paradoxical. It sounds like you're the most arrogant. But actually no, Rabbi Yosef was the most humble to the point where you could say that he was the most humble. Rabbi Yosef says that's the highest humility that you can say about yourself that you're the most humble because you actually receive no pride even when you yourself are speaking about yourself. Even when the king himself is praising you as Rabbi Yosef teaches in lesson 4 of the Kutem And Rabbanu took pride himself. Took pride in himself with the utmost humility. That he attained such a degree of humility to the highest awesome to the highest level, to the point where he was completely nullified entirely, that everything was Lashem Shamay. And Brother Mikhail Moran that Rabbanu attained such a humility that he even surpassed uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's Anava has brought down over there that even Moshe can receive humility from Rabbeinu. Meaning that Moshe Rabbeinu now, his Anava is from the fact that there's a Rabbe that attained even greater Anava. Look over there, it's very deep stuff. Um, I'm not going to get into it. One who wants to look in Chaim Oran can look over there about Rabbeinu's praises and the level to the degree which he attained of humility that even um, he surpassed the level of Moshe Rabbeinu which we're talking about here. It's something very, very special. So, um, and anyone who has questions on this, the main thing is not to ask. The main thing is to reinforce yourself by Muna that when a tzaddik like this is saying this, that we have to believe in it completely. Because even though we might not understand it, it's because we have so much pride that we don't understand it. If we were to nullify ourselves completely, then we'd understand something like this. So, may we have the merit to follow in the footsteps of Rabbeinu and really do everything. L'shem Shemayim.